Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Joyride. Hi, you guys must be new to town, right? New to town, but not new to the country. We just moved from California. Oh, we just wondered... Uh, it, if you wouldn't mind if your, your daughter played with our daughter. Audrey, say hi. You want to play slide? Mm-hmm. Slides off limits to ching chongs. <gasps> Fuck you. <laughs> Do you want to be best friends? Look at me, look at me, look at me now. Yeah. Guess who's going back to the motherland? It's a big deal, going to your birth country. We used to talk about it all the time when we were little, remember? Grand adventure to find your birth mother. So proud of you. <laughs> my translator in Beijing. Audrey, I got you. Cat <laughs> lives there now. Your famous college roommate. You ready to lose to a celebrity? <laughs> Deadeye is coming, by the way. Deadeye, your cousin? Hey, Audrey. Oh, hi. Hey. Deadeye. Where did that come from? All right, everybody. You were just listening to the trailer for Joyride, and the story is as follows. When Audrey's business trip to Asia goes sideways, she enlists the help of Lolo, her childhood best friend, Kat, a college friend, and Deadeye, Lolo's eccentric cousin. Their epic, no-holds-barred experience becomes a journey of bonding, friendship, belonging, and wild debauchery that reveals the universal truth of what it means to know and love who you are. The film is starring Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, Stephanie Hsu, and Sabrina Wu. It is directed by Adele Lim, and it is written by Cherry Chebaprava Dumrung and Teresa Heizel. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Lauren Cohen. Hey, everyone. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. So, Joyride had its world premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival this past spring. It is being released in theaters now by Lionsgate Films. It features an Asian cast here in the vein of those raunchy, R-rated group comedies, something like Bridesmaids, The Hangover. And I'm really excited to talk about this because... How often do we hear on the Next Best Picture podcast talk about mainstream comedies? Not often. I mean, Josh, can you recall? Uh, yeah, it doesn't usually happen often. So, and especially when we get one something that is akin to this with this kind of representation, that's even more exciting. Absolutely, it's produced uh, by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. And I know from talking with a lot of people when it first premiered, everybody said this movie is hilarious. And naturally, throughout the course of the year, you expect to see a comedy or two. But the comedy landscape has been really, really slim over the last couple of years. There's been so much talk about the mainstream studio comedy dying out. Now, recently, we just had the film with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings, release. Uh, decent reviews, decent box office, kind of looked at as the representative film as bringing the mainstream comedy back to theaters. And while I understand why it got that distinction, Sony being a larger uh, company, obviously, than Lionsgate here, 
I think the title for the funniest film that I've seen so far in 2023 belongs to Joyride. So I'm curious to know if you all feel the same way here. What did you all think of the movie? Starting off first with Lauren Cohen. Lauren, thoughts on Joyride? I totally agree with you. I think that this is absolutely the funniest movie I've seen of the year. Um, and I, I did see uh, No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. And I think the reason that movie is getting that distinction is because Jennifer Lawrence is obviously such a huge, huge star and more uh, recognized by the average person than anyone in Joyride. So I think it's kind of has the edge in that kind of coverage related uh, stuff. But uh, I mean, Joyride is the comedy of the summer. And I, I can't imagine seeing a funnier movie this year. I think what caught me off guard with this one, which was how uh, it was so much more wild than I expected. <laughs> you know, it really took it there and uh, took it to the next level with the raunchy humor. Um, I've seen a lot of comparisons to movies like Bridesmaids and Girls Trip. And uh, while I did love this movie, I will say that it might have been slightly overhyped for me in the sense that I don't think it really hit the level of Girls Trip or Bridesmaids for me personally. But I love any like female raunchy debauchery type movie. It's one of my favorite comedy subgenres. And this 100% hit the spot. Okay, great. Love hearing that. Josh Parham, what about you? What did you think of Joyride? I had a really good time with this movie. I think it is so fun and so entertaining. I, I definitely agree that the jokes in this thing, almost all of them land, and particularly because just this ensemble is so good. Like, I just love all of these characters and their performances in this movie. I, I just think... I think the actors do a really great job of feeling like a really good unit together, and they just have so many great moments individually, too. One thing for me I will say about this film is that I do think that the kind of overall story to it, like the general structure, did feel pretty familiar to me. I think that there are elements that do give it a distinct voice. And I think you can see that perspective come through with some of the, the character arcs here. And I, and I did appreciate that, but I do think on a larger scale, you can kind of figure this movie out very, very quickly. You know, it, it works still with some archetypes within its narrative that did feel kind of pedestrian to me. And that was the big element that I did feel like didn't push me into feeling like it was a really inventive piece of work. But as I said, there are sort of these individual elements from its perspective that does give it a kind of unique idea that it's presenting out there in terms of where these characters sort of their identity is and how their dynamics are with each other. That I did appreciate. But I do think overall, it's a pretty familiar story that you're not really going to be surprised by that much. But at the same time, you're going to have a ball with it. It is so fun. It is so entertaining. And I, it is very easy to recommend this movie because it's so funny. And I really did enjoy it still at the end. I do agree with you in terms of, you know, expected story beats. Totally get that for sure. But I think for me, what I wasn't expecting, and maybe that's just because, like I said, it feels like we don't get many of these films that often or ones at least that are really good like this. The jokes are what are surprising just in terms of how far they're willing to push the envelope, how raunchy they are, how sexually explicit some of them are. I mean, there's one reveal in this movie of a tattoo in particular. Can we talk about the tattoo? I literally fell out of my chair. I was laughing so I like I slid down. I I I couldn't believe it. I was dying in that moment. That was a perfect setup too. The way that like 
you have um, Sherry Cola's character like going on and on in the car ride and not stopping talking about the tattoo. And then you kind of forget about it. It doesn't, it's not referenced again. And then that reveal, I was like, this is screenwriting magic right here. Truly. <laughs> this is how you build a joke. But what took this movie above the laughs from me was the third act. I was caught off guard, even though I shouldn't have been. Like you said, Josh, it is fairly predictable if you think about it. But I think what caught me off guard was how well Ashley Park sold the Mm -hmm. emotions of Audrey's uh, arc in that third act. And how well the movie just tied its themes together in terms of identity, understanding, um, you know, who your uh, like tribe is, I guess you could say, and the people that matter to you the most that are that will help get you through life. Um, I thought that was really touching. And I didn't feel like the movie necessarily needed it. But I appreciated so much that it was there, coupled along with, like I said, these side splitting laughs that had me going the entire time. Um, I, I, I could think of what was that one film? Uh, Good Boys, right? Oh, yes. I am such a Good Boys fan. The the opening of this movie reminded me a lot of Good Boys, uh, where they're out on the the park and she punches like this boy in the face and says, do you want to be best friends? Uh, And the movie just kind of goes off from there, essentially. You get an F-bomb with a little kid. (laughs) Yeah, it, it doesn't hold back. It doesn't you know, no pun intended, pull back any of its punches. And I really responded to how much the movie was very uh, both expressive, but also at the same time honest with, much like the uh, Lolo character, just very open and honest about, yeah, this movie has a lot of dick and vagina jokes. (laughs) So what? You know, deal with it. And... Yeah, I mean, enough cannot be said about these four leads and yeah, how well they all work together. What an ensemble. I thought this movie was a blast. I had so much fun with this. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. I agree. And I think, you know, we we were talking about uh, some of these more shocking moments. I think what it did really, really well was was exactly what you said, Matt. It's hysterical. It has the shock value, which I personally love in any really good raunchy comedy. You need to take it to an unexpected level sometimes. But it also had the emotion, which I do think is is rare for movies like this. I cried in that third act uh, scene that we're all referencing right now. Um, it, it made me emotional. Was it manipulative? Sure. It wasn't it wasn't the most graceful screenwriting. And it was, you know, definitely going for for the tear jerking moment. But it worked. And it's it's rare to get those moments in comedies like this. So I think that the balance of tones in this movie was really, really well done. Yeah, like there's a point where Daniel Day Kim shows up and I was thinking to myself, 
Oh, this would never happen in real life. Of this is just not. too <laughs> nice. This is too, it's too neatly put together. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> but I agree. It had me emotionally. And by that point, I was very, very invested in uh, not just Audrey as a character, but I was invested in all four of the main characters here. And that was something that I thought the film did really well was balance each one of them so that they all got standout moments. Mm -hmm. um, I was worried that this movie was going to be the Ashley Park show, which is not necessarily a bad thing for the record, but I really enjoyed the fact that Stephanie Hsu got lots of moments to show us oh, yeah. other sides of her talent following everything everywhere all at once. Between this and shortcoming, Sherry Cola, I think, is having a breakout year for her career. And then Sabrina Wu as Deadeye. Oh, gosh. They were to stand out to me and completely stole the entire movie. Yeah, they were phenomenal in this. Everyone, like you said, I think that's a really good point because I don't think you always have an even distribution where I think I could pretty evenly praise every person in this ensemble. Obviously, Ashley Park has, she's the lead, but has the most, uh, least fun character of the group. But you always have the kind of more of the straight person uh, in the group and then the wild ones. And I think even Ashley Park got her wild moments. She's not the funniest character, but she's really great to anchor the group. And then you have Sherry Cola, who I've seen comparisons to like the Tiffany Haddish girls trip breakout. And I think that's a really good comparison because she's just hysterical. Stephanie Hsu, amazing and really great to see this side of her um, after everything everywhere. And Sabrina Wu, just like killer moment after killer moment. I was dying. I wonder how many jokes that Sabrina Wu had in this movie were improvised and not in the original script because so many unexpected moments just have such a naturalism to them that I couldn't help but feel, oh, that must have been like, take seven and, and, and another var uh, variance on on the line that was probably initially written because there's just such spontaneity and such a surprise factor to everything that comes out of that character's mouth that just catches you off guard. A brilliant comedic timing throughout. Yeah, totally. I, I should got I, I do think they might have been my favorite of the group, honestly, and which is it's funny to me because I think when that character is first introduced, you really do think like they're going to be the deadpan comic relief who's just not invested in anything. And that's going to be the source of all the comedy, but there's more complexity there. And, and I will give the movie credit that even though I think the kind of overall story that they're telling, yes, is rather predictable. And you sort of know exactly where it's going to go. You kind of figure out here's a group of friends and some of them are closer to others and there's going to be a rift and then they're going to go their separate ways and the reconciliation at the end. Like, you know where all of that is heading, but the movie does give some complexity to these characters and their narratives that are a little bit more interesting. Like, I do think that this journey with identity with the Ashley Park character is something that is unique. And I did like that even though, yes, it gets kind of ridiculous in the ways that they go there. Like, I think the whole thing of what they're trying to do in Korea just never makes sense to begin with, even in a silly comedy. But it understands what the core of that idea is and why it's important to that character and why it's important to tell that kind of story. And that I did appreciate. And I appreciated all the dynamics between those characters with each other. Uh, so that even though, yes, the storytelling itself may seem very familiar, 
there are attempts made to give some complexities and nuances within the character work that does make up for that. I do want to take a moment to say that I want to abolish the third act fight in every single comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, and, and I know that like in a screenwriting capacity that you have to have conflict and then you resolve the conflict as a way to kind of wrap the story up. I, I really do believe there's a way to make a, a friend comedy that you don't have the friends get into a massive fight out of nowhere at the very end to have them make up in the last 10 minutes. I really think it's possible and I would like to see someone do it because like Wedding Crashers, Bridesmaids, this, it's just like every single movie. And I was like, okay, you get no fight at the end. We know you're going to resolve it. So why are we going through this, this beat again? <laughs> that, that kind of drove me crazy, but it's not the fault of this movie. It happens in all of them, but I'm kind of like, I think we could come up with something a little better, guys. 100% agree. That, and man, when they did have the breakup, it's like, what are we doing? We know they're going to be friends again at the end. Why, why are we yeah, doing I know, this right now? To, and, <laughs> like, well, come on. And then they're like, look what your friends did. They found, you know, I don't want to give spoilers here, but it was just, it just feels so unnecessary. And I was like, I think we could just keep on with the dick jokes and stuff. Keep going. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't need a 20 minutes wasted on a fight none of us care about and that we know is going to be resolved in a, in a little bit. So, But what I liked about that moment, though, was I did like that it did unearth each character's, I don't want to call them faults, but it added extra layers of complexity to each one of these characters as to how one could, with a more narrow point of view, see that, okay, you're absolutely going nowhere in life. You're dragging me down. You're just weird. Like, like, th like there's all these things that could be pointed out with each individual. And to me, that, like, you know, I, I understand it's calling it out on um, out loud, but it still does humanize each character. And I really just feel like tossing all that aside, everything involving um, Audrey and, you know, the search for her uh, mother uh, her real birth mother, you know, in the third act, I thought all of that was really, really well done. And that's the, the part that caught me off guard more so than everything else surrounding it. And, you know, is there a lot of cliches there? Yeah. Is there a lot of contrivances? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was some real emotion that even if you don't feel like it really successfully worked, you have to at least applaud the attempt. For sure. No, I mean, look, I'm I'm nitpicking, but this is a pretty great screenplay, so many great jokes. And I think it, like you said, even in that, in my opinion, unnecessary moment of conflict and the, the friend breakup moment that happens in all these movies, it did give us a chance to re-examine each character's, their faults and see them grow. And I think uh, Stephanie Hsu's character really benefited the most from this scene. And I think uh, that really kind of came full circle in a really great way. Her character arc dealing with her sexuality and her relationship. I really liked how they handled that. Exactly. The the resolutions that you get from these characters in how the story progresses, I do appreciate that a lot. I just also think that the way that we get there, it was not my favorite. And, you know, I just think about how you know this movie is not a, a direct product from people like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, but it's like 
kind of still the same formula that they seem to be very comfortable with. Like this still seems like super bad to me, you know, even down to somebody going away to some other place that is going to leave their friend behind, you know, and, or at least that having to be a big conflict within the narrative. And it just, to me, feels like that has become a trope that these types of movies rely on over and over again. And so that was a bit tiresome to me. It doesn't make make the movie bad. And as I said, there's still so many funny moments and good character work within it. I just think it's wrapped around a narrative that felt very pedestrian to me. And I wish that part could have been a little bit more inventive. Yeah, you're totally right, Josh. And now that you mentioned Seth Rogen, it reminds me, uh, uh, Good Boys, which we already mentioned, does the same exact thing. And that's another Seth Rogen movie. The same exact yep. friend breakup and the same exact conflict and all of that happens uh so yeah it's very textbook uh very much a template that they're working off of and it would just be nice to see them stray a little further from that template even though i understand uh you don't fix what's not broken and the template works pretty well obviously okay so now i have to ask anyone here a k-pop fan I know nothing about K-pop, but I did appreciate that segment very, very much. I don't know jack shit about (laughs) K-pop. I don't. I'm scared to talk about (laughs) (laughs) K-pop. I'm scared to give any opinion on K-pop because I know those fans online are passionate, to say the least. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's exemplified in this movie, which I thought was put to hilarious use here during that airport sequence. And... Man, I never thought in my wildest dreams I would hear a WAP cover. (laughs) (laughs) And it's such a ridiculous scene, but that's the ridiculousness that I don't mind in this. Like, because that one, yes, it, it is plot related, but it's not like trying to move the plot along that much. It really is just a silly set piece and they pull it off very, very well. It's such a fun sequence. Yeah, that was really, really great. I think that this movie has two... Um, main sequences that people are going to leave the the cinema talking about. And that's this airport K-pop segment. And of course, I think we have to mention the massive sex romp bonanza craziness (laughs) that happens um, early on in the film. Uh, That scene had me like belly laughing, like almost on the floor, couldn't breathe. So good. That was probably my favorite scene. And it reminded me, honestly, of like a sausage parties uh, grand finale. (laughs) Oh, it's so over the top and intentionally so from Sherry uh, Cola making the Jaws joke beforehand. Uh, (laughs) Right. God, I don't want to reveal too much here, but I know it's hard. Everything with Stephanie Hsu, like in the gym, was hilarious. Oh, the basketball. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Um, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Josh, do you want to talk about how this movie objectifies men? (laughs) Oh, yes. uh, Very much objectifies all of its men, and that's why it's a great movie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. That was so, man, I wish we could spoil this so badly, because I'm just, I have so many visuals in my head right now. Oh, yeah, it's it's another really wonderful set piece. And I love seeing, not to spoil it, I love seeing... um, Ashley Park's character get that wild. Cause like I mentioned earlier, her character is kind of the more grounded character of the group, but I love that they gave her that moment, probably the wildest moment of the entire uh, group there. I think I really appreciated that. Yeah. And the great thing also about that, that whole sequence is that it really does show you how 
most of the people in this group, like they do have very strong feelings about their sexuality and they don't hide it. And like, yes, they do present some things that are sort of awkward for comedic effect, but it never feels like at the expense of those actual characters and their actual desires. And I did really appreciate that about it. Like even the character who's like, you know, sort of suppressing their sexual desires when it finally comes out, like, yeah, it's funny, but it's not like funny because we're like, oh, like they don't know how to do sex. And isn't that hilarious? We're laughing at them. Like, no, it's just a funny situation that all of them are in. And in fact, you can even extend that to the Deadeye character who really is not coded as being all that of a sexual person anyway, but they still really get a good moment too. So I really liked how that scene was not just funny, but also felt very true to how those characters would behave and felt very respectful to the actual wants of those characters. I think that's a really good point for sure. Oh no, absolutely. There, there's a lot of really good points here. It's not just raunchy humor for the sake of raunchy humor. Like it really does all have a point. And I, I feel like there are some other moments in this movie too, where it's geniusly well edited. There is a, uh, a vomiting gag oh, that okay. was a pretty great edit I felt and yeah, a, a hilarious reveal then uh, <laughs> following that yes I oh, did like God. that oh yeah th- th- that was really well done there, there's a lot in this to appreciate I, I I think at the end of the day I just enjoyed myself and that's all you know one could really ask for from a comedy is that you have levity and it's totally fine for it to not be this intellectual exercise. Not every movie needs to be dissected to death and discussed ad nauseum for additional themes. But does this movie have its heart in the right place? Yes. Is it fantastic to see Asian representation once again? I'm not not talking about it like from a sense of, oh, this is the first time. It feels like we've ever seen this before. Um, we're at a point now where I, I personally feel like Asian stories within cinema here in the States in general, not just internationally, but now we're seeing it happening more and more with big studio releases. And that's very exciting. I think everyone has caught on to the fact that whether it's in South Korea or whatever parts of the world, like these stories are being consumed. Uh, I think it all really kind of started with streaming and I would say I would argue, too, that, you know, the especially South Korean cinema, like it's it was very niche for a while, but it does feel like it has exploded in such popularity mm-hmm. that studios are now willing to, quote unquote, take more risks. Uh, I, I don't see them as risks anymore. I think you can so easily get away with green lighting a story like this in either a comedy, a drama, a horror. It doesn't matter what genre. This sells, I feel, now at this point. And I'm going to be really, really disappointed if audiences do reject this movie. Truly, I I will be very disappointed because... I'm concerned about that, I'll be honest. Yeah. Because I I, I will say, I think if this movie proves to not do too well uh, this weekend. I think it's more because I'll only speak for myself. I haven't seen it out there from a marketing perspective and the way that I think maybe a movie like this needs. Um, I've heard a lot about it, but of course we all 
our this is what we do every day. So us hearing about the hype of something is very different than the average moviegoer hearing about it. So I'm a little worried about the box office, though I will say I went to a Thursday night screening in a in a theater that has very poor attendance typically, and it was a good turnout there. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that my fears are unfounded because I want these movies to be successful. And also, can we just take a moment to appreciate how wonderful it is that we have two Asian stories in a movie like Past Lives and now Joyride being released weeks apart and both being like two of, I'll speak for myself, my favorite movies to come out this year so far. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, there just seems to be more of a frequency lately, and that's uh, greatly appreciated, especially considering, you know, think of like how many people are either growing up or still new to this business who, you know, before these times, just even going back 10 years ago, you know, you wouldn't see a movie like this ever on this platform, like getting released like this. So you just, you just wouldn't, you would have to find it internationally or get a video from a friend or something. I'm, I'm talking like pre-streaming here. It's just such a rarity. Yeah. Well, Josh and Matt, do you guys have any predictions about the box office? Yeah. I, I, so here's, here's where I stand. I, I got to be completely honest about this. One of the reasons that we're reviewing this here is because I do feel like it's not going to do so well. And, I'm hoping that this podcast will convince people that it's fantastic and worth a viewing. I was actually going to ask both of you just to try and give some listeners a bit of context here. How do you feel it does compare to other buddy group comedy films like The Hangover and Bridesmaids? Because those are movies that people are very familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I did say that just from a story perspective, that there are a lot of similarities between those other movies. Um, And I do think that if you are very familiar with the genre, yeah, you probably will spot those story beats from a mile away. And maybe that will take away some of your enjoyment in terms of how the narrative actually plays out. But I do think overall it, it does deserve to be in the the same company. Um, I mean, personally, I would put it way above The Hangover. That's not a movie I liked very much for me. I know I'm not, that's a minority opinion, but I I do think that this movie, while it shares so many things in terms of its story with those other movies, I think what this one does have a leg up, though, is that it does give its characters more interesting arcs to go through. And it's so funny to kind of bring up past lives too, like very, very different movies, but sort of the same kind of journey of identity between where you're sort of living now and where you've come from and trying to reconcile both of those kind of sides of yourself and finding out where it is that you actually exist within that spectrum. You know, it's it's a very different way to tell that story for sure. But I do appreciate seeing that in this comedy, even if some parts of it are generic, that is the element that makes it unique. And that's the element that makes you want to keep watching these characters. And that's why I think it does deserve to really be looked at as in the same company of those other movies, even if it is still kind of familiar on the surface. Okay, so now I want to ask, because as part of a course with a film such as this, what was your favorite either line scene or just comedy gag in general like what really is standing out to you 
I heard if you're short, you'll be kidnapped to live on a gymnastics farm. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't know why that line caught me so off guard. <laughs> I just lost it. And then I think it, the other line that like had me dying was, all right, we take Coke again and just sprint. Oh, that was great. Yes. <laughs> I love that. When they were like trying to come up with a plan. I, a plan on how to get uh, to the I next location. I swear to God, Sabrina Wu has like all the best killer moments in this movie. <laughs> one, one that's standing out to me right now was we all end up like those old Asian men who walk around town with their hands behind their back like this. <laughs> 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 Oh god, there's there's so many like great lines, but I actually have to say that one moment that just sticks out in my mind so much is it is during the whole breakup fight, you know, in toward towards the end, which while yes was very kind of predictable to to figure out, there is a moment where Stephanie Shu is full on crying, and yet still makes that scene so incredibly funny. Like, she is putting on so much emotion, like, raw, naked emotion, and yet still being hilarious in doing so. Like, that is a very hard thing to pull off, and it just showcases just what such an amazing talent she is. And I just can't wait to see her in so many more movies because, like I said, just in that moment, she's full-on crying and yet being so funny at the same time. It's like, it was amazing to witness. Yeah, that was a great scene. I think Stephanie Shu is so funny during the train scene in particular. <laughs> oh, we my didn't mention God. that scene yet. I mean, there's a lot of really great stuff happening in that scene from Audrey, uh, played by Ashley Park here, like just calling out like how <laughs> I, she doesn't think she's racist, but she's being so, so racist without realizing it. <laughs> Uh, but that also plays very much into the character and the character's journey throughout the film. Like I was saying before, this film's very much about discovering your identity and who you are. But who was the uh, actress uh, that was over the top in that scene that they share the car with? I can't remember what her name was. I'm pulling it up right now. I've seen her in a lot of stuff. She was in um, the show Younger. She had like a, a small kind of part in one of the seasons of that uh, show that I uh, really like and I, she was also in my crazy ex-girlfriend so i've seen I, meredith hangner oh she wasn't in my crazy ex-girlfriend no she was but she was in um younger but yeah. yeah i've seen her around i like her very brief part definitely over the top but really i thought it brought up the chaos in that scene to a level that all the other actors played so so well <laughs> Just in terms of what do we do? Oh, my gosh. I guess we have to go along with this. Uh, And like <laughs> it happened so fast. It just also just came, it happened, like you said, so fast. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she was really great. Does she remind anyone like very, very strongly of Britney Snow? A little bit. Like I mean, they're like actual twins. I can't. It freaks me out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, she was great in that that very small but memorable part. I, I thought the brief scenes with Ashley and her, uh, once again, not thinking they're racist, but being racist uh, employer at the law firm oh. was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. the Timothy Simon scenes. Yeah. Like the part where he's like, he's an ally. OK, can we still say Asian? You, you can't say anything anymore. You're goddamn right. So shut the fuck up, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was really good. I, I like the scene, too, where she, after she plays, what is it, racquetball, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, after that, she goes up to everyone, and she's like, 
hey, Steve, hey, Kevin, hey, hey, other Kevin, Michael, Dan, like, just rattling off all these dudes' names, and you realize, oh, she's the only female at this <laughs> law firm. <laughs> I thought that Ashley Park in general, like you like you were saying before, she she might have the most difficult role in this movie, having to play everything so completely straight while allowing for there to be comedic moments that while they don't get a chance to steal the movie and stand out that much, they are very relatable, I think. I, I agree it's the hardest role to play. It's kind of like the Steve Martin role always. It's like to be the straight man in a wacky comedy is is harder because you aren't the one with these outrageous moments. She's making us laugh while being the most kind of reserved. And that's that's hard to do. And Ashley Park was great in it. I mean, I, I really hope this gets her a lot more leading roles and things because she, she can handle it. And she's great in that capacity. I mean, in fairness, they do give her some outrageous moments. <laughs> they do. They do. But I think that's why I think that that scene in particular they gave her during the that montage, I think was really great because she's so reserved compared to the others before that. So it came off almost more shocking because you're like, oh, okay, uh, Ashley Park is getting in on the action too. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Now I just remembered it. I couldn't remember like the flow of the joke and how it went, but it had to do with they are asking her to name some hot Asian men. And <laughs> she says Master Splinter. Yeah. And they say the rat. And she goes, he's a good father. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <sighs> all right, all right. I think we're up to final thoughts here. Uh, <laughs> Josh, any final thoughts? Anything that you want to bring up that we haven't had a chance to discuss or something you want to reiterate? Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Um, I just think I want to say people should go see this movie. It is, it's very funny. I did have such a good time with it. And even as you're watching it, you will probably recognize where the story's going. And as we had mentioned, there is this kind of template that I don't think it really deviates that much away from. What it does get right is just one, having good jokes and set pieces, but it also has such endearing characters. And that's what really makes the movie for me is even though, yes, the story might be rather predictable and where it's going, you are invested because these characters are just so good. And the performances from the actors playing them are also just so compelling as well. And that's the thing that makes it for me. And I just had a really fun time with it. And it does even get at a little bit more interesting things from the character arcs too, even embedded within this familiarity. So yeah, I just had a really fun time with this movie and I hope everybody checks it out because it's, it is very easy for me to recommend. Okay. All right. Lauren, what about you? Piggybacking off what Josh said, uh, I really just want people to see this movie. I think that if we complain that we don't get any really good raunchy comedies anymore and that the comedy is dead, then we have to show the studios that we want them. So we need to go 
pay to go see them in theater. Don't just wait until it's on some streaming service. Go to the theater, see it. This is a perfect summer comedy. This is the exact kind of movie that we want sprinkled in between the Indiana Jones, the Mission Impossibles, and all of the bigger summer offerings. You know, this is exactly what we want to see. It has so much diversity, an incredible ensemble, and it's just really, really fucking funny. You won't regret seeing it. Please go see it in theaters. Yeah, completely agree on all fronts here. I, once again have to sing the praises of Sabrina Wu, who I don't think has ever acted before this. I think they've been a writer on shows, but just what a breakout uh, performance. And as I mentioned earlier, Sherry Cola having a breakout year. Shortcomings is coming out pretty soon, too. I think that's another film that's going to be worth a watch for a lot of people, and they'll see that she's having just such a breakthrough year i'm really really excited to see where her career goes after this and then following that stephanie shu as we said before just if all you only know her from was everything everywhere all at once i think that you're gonna just be so pleasantly surprised to see more range here and in a way that i don't know if i necessarily bought the the central relationship that she has with her boyfriend <laughs> in this movie so much. No, but it, it did its job. But that actor has one moment in particular where he runs out of a room through a door that I, it's such a small moment, but oh my God, was I laughing so, so hard during that moment. Um, And then, yeah, Ashley Park anchors the entire movie, brings about the emotion. This, this, this group is just so well in sync with one another. The chemistry is awesome off the charts good the movie is dynamite from beginning to end in terms of its jokes you know there was a part of me that wondered too if the humor of this movie was skewing maybe a little too young at times because i was trying to figure out you know could this play to older demographics i think that it might struggle in that regard but i do think that the film earns its emotion enough that by the end even if it wasn't necessarily your thing, you could still walk away from it feeling like there was some level of substance to it. I say this as someone who recently took his grandmother to go watch it the other day. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> One of those situations where, God bless her, she's 84 years old and she doesn't drive anymore. And my parents were like, take your grandmother to the movie. She would really like to go, see, go to the movies. And I'm looking at the screening schedule saying to myself, all right, well, what makes sense in the time frame? And I knew we had this podcast review coming up. So I was like, I'll go watch Joyride again. And I was like, Grandma, do you want to go watch Joyride? And she's like, Matt, I'll go see anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that sounds like a lovely moment between the two of you, especially with the tattoo reveal. <laughs> oh, oh, she turned to me at one point during the movie. I think it was during that point, And she said, this is the wildest movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> but then when it was all over i asked like did you like it and she said yes very much so (laughs) so there you go my grandmother really liked it so and granted she likes everything but still (laughs) uh all right great out of 10 for this one I think it's the hardest I've laughed during a movie since Booksmart, truly, like just in terms of a pure actual comedy, because I feel like over the last couple of years, my favorite comedies have been movies that mix uh, comedy and drama or very dark comedies or something along those lines. But this is just 100 percent unfiltered, 
explicit comedy through and through. Eight out of ten for me. I really enjoyed this film very much, and I will be pleasantly surprised because I know Bottoms is coming up, and I'm very much looking forward to that too, but uh, I'll be very, very, very surprised and also delighted if another comedy comes along this year that is able to, to make me laugh harder than this because I can't imagine myself laughing any harder at a movie this year. Lauren, what about you? A very strong 7 out of 10. Josh? Also a strong 7 out of 10. Really did like it. Wish the story could have been a little bit more creative, but still had such a good time with it. Easily recommendable. And you know what? I'm very okay with saying this at the end here. No Oscar potential. It's fine. It doesn't need it. But do you all think that there is a world where Golden Globe comedy musical nomination possible? I don't think so, but I would love to see it. I will say the casting director deserves all the accolades. I know it's not a thing. It's not going to happen, but that's where this movie really shines. That was incredible. In a world where I could get an ensemble <laughs> recognition, that would be wonderful, but not happening. Yeah, I don't really see this as an awards player, really. I mean, maybe the Globes, but I think the problem is that because this ensemble is so good, it's sort of hard to pick one person. Like, I almost think there's a world where maybe the Globes will just go for Stephanie Shu to be like, hey, sorry, we didn't get you for <laughs> everything everywhere the, the last time around, but... I I kind of feel like it's not going to happen, but people should still see it. I, I would still support it, but I don't think it's really going to be a big awards player in any capacity. What about Critics' Choice Award? Well, I mean that that well. So I think you're all being. I, I get it. Like like when we when it comes to Oscars, sure. But to your point, Lauren, like I could still see this popping up in comedy based categories throughout award season. Like I very much expect this will probably get a nomination from even our own MVP film awards. But looking at the Golden Globe Best Musical Comedy Motion Picture, Bridesmaids was nominated. The Hangover won its category. Trainwreck was nominated. So they go for raunchy. And if they don't find room for your film in the um, picture category, Sometimes an actor will break through instead, like um, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart. Mm -hmm. I do think that when we use Bridesmaids as an example or The Hangover, that my only concern with this movie is that I don't think it's going to break out and in the zeitgeist and the culture in the way that those movies did. I mean, Bridesmaids is like a once in a decade level beloved comedy, and I just don't see this having that breakthrough potential it doesn't even mean that it's not as good though i don't think it's as good but i just don't see it getting that type of widespread recognition but i i hope i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong too i do truly i do for those of you that haven't seen it go see it it's worth your time okay well that'll do it here for our review of joyride josh parm where can they find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and letterboxd at jr parm and Lauren Cohen. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren Cohen Film. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. 
for $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.